<laughs> Why is it here? Did it change from the screen? <laughs> <laughs> Different every time. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Losers Lounge. Man, this wow. is a tough Losers Lounge. Might be the toughest one of the year, honestly, if you, all things considered. The Nuggets dropped to the New Orleans Pelicans in Group Play and Group B. And now... Their Vegas hopes, their half-million-dollar hopes are in doubt. We're going to break that all down, break down this game, what it means just as a game, but also break it down what it means for the tournament play. We're going to try to see if the collective brain power on this panel can sort through the tiebreaker scenarios. Oh, boy. That's going to be great. I'm going to say the right now Bet365 has it at, like, plus 500 that we'll figure I'd it out. I'd say that's about accurate. So we'll figure. Uh, over here I've got Brendan Vogt. I will say this, very fun game. Not a great game from the Denver Nuggets, but a very, very fun game to watch. Second half. First half was as unfun as the second half well, was. Well, for fun, the I'm Nuggets' perspective, but I'm just saying, like, I think if you're a neutral perspective viewer and you, you tune in, like, that was a fun in-season tournament game. I uh, just wish the Nuggets could have pulled it out. Over here, I have Harrison Wind. I didn't have a lot of fun watching the first half. <laughs> first half that was wasn't rough, very man. fun. Um, but Nuggets made it exciting. I... Not acceptable in the first half, but they made it fun in the second half. They made some adjustments. Just play the starters as much as you can. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's usually the playoff adjustment. So. And, and then over here, Superstar Dev. Awkward game. Very awkward game. Not fun, but also pretty fun. I can't believe how much I wanted that game. I know. I, I know, really the wanted it. The in-season tournament brings it out of you. It brought, out it the brought it out of Dev tonight. I wanted that. I'm going to be all over the board with some of these... Uh, in-season tournament takes today because I have some weird ones about how hard guys are going and stuff. There might be some weird ripple effects. Yeah, guys um, may be exploring their games a little too much. A little, a little exploration. Guys, fast breakdown is going to be a little long today. I'm going to try to speed through it. Pels dunking all over the Nuggets to begin. Some poster dunks in the first five minutes of this My game. God. Nuggets were giving up a lot of rim rattlers. Reggie was on fire, though. Four for four to start the game. Nine points. Pelicans running Denver out the gym. Denver, no stops. Early on in this game, no stops. But Christian Brown hit a three early on. He, had, I don't remember the last time he hit a three. He hits one right off the bat. And then the all-bench lineup, absolute disaster. Nuggets get blown out, cut it back. All-bench lineup comes in, gets blown out. 36-28 to 28 Pelicans. Second quarter, Christian Brown, another three. No. Sign of things to come. But bench stays getting killed. It just looked absolutely terrible, that second unit. Down 17 points. Jokic started to go to work on Big Val. Kind of woke up in that second quarter. You could tell Yoke wanted to manage the game and then turn it on. And it was like, all right, second quarter, I got to turn it on. Um, but Nuggets couldn't get stops, especially in the paint. The Pelicans lived in the paint tonight. 65-53 Pelicans going into the half. You felt like, or 69-53, you felt like it wasn't over. But you also felt like the margin was gone, the, the margin for error. Two fouls on one possession to start the second half for the Nuggets. Bad start. AG kept taking threes for some reason. Very weird. Oh, stay tuned for more on that. <laughs> then the Nuggets fell down 20, and you're like, okay, that's not the start you were hoping for. Jokic picked up a triple-double early in the third quarter. That happened. Nuggets cut it to 10. The Nuggets went on a run here at the second half, uh, the, at the back half of the third quarter, okay? They start to go on a run. 10-0 run or something like that, 11-0 run. Pickett, I thought, was doing fine until there was one play where you could see he was feeling it too much when the, the play was just get it to Jokic. It turned into a turnover as he goes to drive and then realizes, oh, yeah, just do whatever Jokic says. Picks the ball up, carries it, turnover, and it stopped up momentum for one play. But then Nuggets took it back over. Like, you thought, oh, oh my God, there's momentum. Nope. Right back into it. Cut it all the way down to nine. Nuggets checked. Uh, Jokic checked out of the game with one minute to go, down eight. And the Najee Marshall somehow catches fire to end the quarter. Najee Marshall goes four or five from three point uh, Somebody land. Somebody from the Pelicans has to have the game of their life against the Nuggets. It's time. a law of the game. Pelic it's either Jose Alvarado or Najee Marshall. Pel Pelicans shoot or 55% from three in this game, Sick. man. Just tough, tough break. Um, Aaron Gordon at center. Malone not messing around, though. Nuggets down 95-86, so you're in it. You're still in it. Malone says, screw the F that bench. We're going to Aaron Gordon at center, Michael Porter at power forward. This is the in-season tournament, baby. And they were hustling all over. They must have grabbed every rebound for about a four-minute stretch. Aaron Gordon was everywhere. Michael Porter was everywhere. Christian Brown was everywhere. Then Jokic checks in down five, seven minutes to go. AG goes out. Peyton Watson airballed a free throw. That was concerning. 
Aaron Gordon comes back in. Nuggets only down four. Christian Brown had an offensive rebound and a putback. Absolutely big-time winning play. Followed it up with a floater. Huge winning play. Nuggets could take the lead, you guys. They enter it to Jokic in the post. It wasn't a clean pass. Kind of gets tipped. Jokic bumbles it. And it's a turnover. Yoke had great post position. It would have been an easy little dump, uh, you know, jump hook. Bumbles it. Ingram goes the other way and hits a jumper. Jokic puts a left-handed spin move, left-handed jumper, misses it. Ingram goes coast to coast. So to cut it, to take the lead, to down five, Jokic misses a three. Zion gets an and, an and one. Misses the free throw but gets an offensive rebound, and, and Ingram gets a bucket. I'm telling you guys, in the span of about 30, no, about 60 seconds, Nuggets went from could take the lead here to down nine. Crushing. Only stretch of the game they played poorly in that last, like, 18 minutes, and it was a one-minute stretch, and it cost them an 8-0 run at the worst possible time. Nuggets didn't give up. Nuggets get a dunk on the inbound. Ingram makes a, uh, has a miss. Jokic gets an and one. Back down to only four. They get a stop. Jokic finds KCP in the corner. He drains it. Down one again. Get a stop. And then... Three chances to take the lead on three different three-pointers, and they missed every single one of them. And that was the game, because after that, it was 14 seconds. It was free throws. It was curtains. Unbelievable, man, how many times they had a chance. And it was that one-minute stretch. One little tiny stretch there. If they didn't have that, they would have won this one. Or the 24 minutes in the first half. (laughs) The 24 minutes in the first half was unfortunately very ugly. Uh, Dev, start us off. What's your big takeaway? This was a game... Uh, where there's a legend that once told me that all the Nuggets are good. Man. Well, this is not true. A few of the lying. Nuggets are bad, um, especially right right now. Um, it's wild to see that bench struggle the way that they're struggling. Um, and even a, a couple of starters just not playing um, up to their like full caliber right now. That was a game where it got rocky and no, like a lot of people didn't step up that you wanted to. Um, all the Nuggets aren't good right now. Yeah. Yeah, we're not selling any of those shirts tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> we should. You know what? Kale, find it. Bring it up. Let's see if we sell a Don't single. Don't do it, Kale. Do it, Kale. Bring Who's it up. Who's going to buy one? Eric will fill it with us. Now. All the nuggets is are good. Is somebody <laughs> buying this shirt tonight? I <laughs> bet on, you baby. won't. This I is, bet you won't. This is buy like low. the rally cap. Yeah, buy low, low, man. This is like the, the rally price, cap. though, to be clear. It really it's is the, the same price. price. Yeah, you're not buying low. Uh, that's a good takeaway, Dev. With... I'll go for a positive takeaway. One nugget that had a great night was Christian Brown. Sure did. His best game of the season, 25 points. Wow. New career high. 11 and 19 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 9 rebounds, 2 offensive rebounds, the one big one, like you said, 3 assists, 0 turnovers. He was a plus 3 in 30 minutes. These last two games have been the Christian Brown that the Nuggets need. He looked like a shell of himself before these last two games. He didn't look comfortable on offense. He didn't look confident. He wasn't shooting the ball with any confidence from three. He even looked a little tentative. These last two games, though, have looked like the Christian Brown from last year. And look, we're going to talk about the second unit a lot tonight. If the second unit is going to be a weapon for the Nuggets, Christian Brown's got to be playing with the aggression and the confidence that he did tonight and in these last two games because he was awesome tonight. Do you think that this is a game that will kind of get him there? Like, Here's the thing about Christian. He makes winning plays all the time. Loose balls, offensive rebounds, putbacks. Like, he stops, defensive stops. He always makes those. But for whatever reason, he couldn't make a layup. He couldn't make a op- wide open three. Yeah. So all you need, he's never going to be like, you don't need him to be awesome at that. You just need him to be okay. So do you feel that maybe this was a game that's like, all right, reset, dude. You're not as bad as you were offensively, and now you can just be a regular player. I feel like it started last game. Yeah, okay. I agree. It started last game against the Clippers and continued tonight. But, um, yeah, I definitely feel like he's got his rhythm, got his confidence back. Christian is back meter is back. That was a that was a weird one because we watched the Nuggets lose, I think, mostly to poor decisions down the stretch. And there were it was just strange, like who was shooting when in the final five minutes. Um, Yoku was a god for ninety nine percent of the night, had like two minute a two minute It was one. It was one, one minute, minute suboptimal stretch one that minute. felt really def- like they were so close. So I guess what I want to say is even though they were down twenty in the third, this actually felt like a game they should have won. Yeah. And there was just some weird decision-making that I think 
really needed to be tightened up, particularly AG's four threes, particularly the fourth one when I know he's been cold all season. Porter was a second away from being in that right corner, and I would have liked to see that shot instead. So there was a... There's just an element of kind of panic to Denver's play tonight that we're not used to. Um, and, you know, it cost him. I wonder, here's one of the things I wonder about the in-season tournament, to your point. The guys went hard tonight. Michael Malone went to, we always wondered, like, what's Denver going to do when it's on the line? It was on the line tonight. If this is just a regular season game, I don't think the game goes the way it does tonight. If it's just a regular years past. You the prob- Pelicans win by 20. They probably win by 15 points, and you just leave Jokic on the bench a little bit longer. Yep. You play Zeke Naji some more minutes and, and, you know, whatever. We know the Duggets don't like to go to Aaron Gordon at center because it takes a lot out of him during the course of the regular season. But they did tonight, and they play their guys, you know, these fairly heavy minutes and, and some intense ones. And part of me wonders is, in April, you've worked your way into playoff shape. In November, you haven't. And I do wonder if tonight they were like, all right, it's like a playoff game, but they're not in playoff bodies. And I kind of wonder if that was the case tonight, because I did think, like, Yoke, the little lefty hook that he missed, it's just not one he misses ever. And and yeah. I do wonder if there was just a little bit of running out of gas tonight. Um, well, you just look at the minute totals for the starters. I mean, 39 minutes for AG, 36 for Jokic. Christian Brown played 30. Zeke Naji was cut from the rotation in the second half. Uh, did Julian Strother play in the second half? No. He Oof. didn't either. So you think. trimmed down the rotation to pretty much six guys after halftime. Michael Malone <laughs> did play this like a playoff rotation. Yeah, I was going to say that that's the playoffs. Like right. he, he shortened his rotation. He actually made adjustments, played his starters a bunch. Um, I mean, they're also still missing Jamal. And it does like put in that aspect of just missing their guy. But I do feel like fatigue played a factor, especially in that second half that you started seeing uncharacteristic like plays from the Nuggets. Um, even Jokic, who is, you know, as perfect as they come. Um, there was just plays that you're like, okay, they're, they're tired. You, you can see that their legs are not under them. Um, and Pelicans made them pay. Yeah. Dude, Zeke was a minus 10 in four minutes. It wasn't pretty. It, I, I, it felt like it. I actually, t- while we're talking about them alone, played it like a playoff game. In the second half, he did, but I mean, he didn't. He went back to a five-man bench lineup in the first half. Right. That was kind of crazy to me. The last two games prior to this, to me, the biggest difference was the shortened rotation. And then they just went right back to a 10-man in the first half. And I know a lot of things went wrong for Denver in the first half, but as the game tightens up, you do look back at that stretch and you're like, did it have to be five bench guys? Minus 10 in four minutes is brutal. I will say that some of this makes me feel like we saw the Nuggets at full strength early on, and they looked absolutely dominant, best team in the NBA. You lose Murray, and you see the depth and how much it like throws everything off. And this has been a true of the Nuggets in the entire Jokic era, that for whatever reason, no matter healthy, unhealthy, whatever it is, one guy goes out, and all of a sudden everything is thrown off. This has been true of the Nuggets, I feel like, in the entire Jokic era. But... There is something that is right under our nose that is disguised by how bad the bench is, and that is that the playoff Nuggets are going to be unbelievable because the good point, like the main guys on this team, murdered the Pelicans tonight. Absolutely murdered them. And unfortunately, you know, it's regular season game and you do have to play those other guys, but Denver is towing a bit of an anchor right now in that second unit that's trying to figure themselves out, and they still look pretty damn good. So they almost pulled it out tonight. That's why I'm not panicking about the Nuggets bench. To start the season, if you remember, it wasn't that long ago, the bench was good. The bench was a weapon for the Nuggets early on this season. Then Jamal Murray got hurt. All of a sudden, the bench has looked terrible again. So I still have confidence that the bench can be good as long as Jamal Murray's in there, and and he'll be back in the lineup soon. So I'm not as worried about the bench as some people seem to be. Definitely not for the playoffs. I mean, the playoffs, you really don't have to worry about that. You just need one other guy other than Christian Brown, really. And even in the regular season, I'm not too concerned just because we've seen what the bench can look like with Jamal. And when Jamal Murray's out there with the second unit, the second unit's been good. So um, I'm okay with where the bench is. I mean, that is like the, the biggest, I mean, silver lining throughout this whole process is you're going through these growing pains early in the season. And you've also already got the glimpse and seen what it looks like when they're at their best. Yeah. So now you get to figure it out 
for a, you know a long stretch. Jamal still has a you know a couple of weeks that he's out. The bench is going to figure it out, and also you get to see what sticks, what doesn't stick. What you know, you get to like tinker with rotations, um, and that's throughout the season. And it's going to change a few more times. You're going to see some good, you know, bench games. You're going to see some bad bench games, but you're going to have things that you could learn on and you could go with. So this is like a, a, a really good, like important piece of the season. But also, at least you're not figuring out later in the playoffs or close to the playoffs where you're like, okay, now now we don't know what to do or we have to figure it out later. So it's, it's, there's some positive to it. I don't was, panic. I'm with you. I was buckled up to a turbulent season from the bench from the beginning, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, they kind of... We didn't get that, so it almost were like, oh, this is awesome. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, a little bit. But I think Wind is right. It was a completely different look with Jamal out there. Now that says something about your depth. It's also like he's your second best player, and it's the stagger option. So it makes sense that there's a, a slight dip there. Um... I honestly think they can still win a lot of these games without Jamal anyway. And November's almost done. So it's not, it's real for me, the biggest thing is that it was a tournament loss because I really want the cup. And it's a very important and, and consequential tournament loss. As far as the big picture of the season, I mean, it's actually kind of crazy that they clawed back into this game when New Orleans shot as well as they did. I don't think you really have to change how you view Denver. Um, I just was always buckled up for some turbulent stretches, especially while Jamal is out. Let's take our first break. On the other side, I want to get into the tournament piece of this. What does it mean for the Nuggets now that they don't, you know, that the Pelicans beat them? Can they still make it in? Are they likely to? What is the big game coming up? Um, we'll get into all of that as well as I do have to take about the in-season tournament, about the flow and the rhythm of the year now and how maybe it's thrown off a little bit as uh -oh. evidenced by tonight. I'm curious. Uh-oh. Guys, High Plains Strains provides top quality cannabis in a wide variety of products. Check them out for your needs, including infused edibles, high potency concentrates, and some of the best flour in the state. They have three locations. So if you're near any of these, High Plains Strains is your go-to. They got one in Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedwick. So if you are in Northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for is you. Sedwick or Sedwick? I honestly don't know. I think, well, I know like Sedgwick County, right? Yeah. Does it say Sedgwick? Uh, no, it's Sedgwick. There we go. We got it. Okay. That's a good deal. Yeah. If you're in Northeastern Colorado, they're the dispensary for you. Uh, they got tons of deals going on with code DNVR right now. You got Phillips County and then Sedgwick County right there. There you go. The little uh, geography lesson about Northeast Colorado. Geography corner. <laughs> you can use code DNVR. Get a half ounce for 45 bucks through uh, Green Friday, which is November 24th. <laughs> That's pretty good. Green Friday. <laughs> that is actually pretty great. That oh, is yeah. pretty good. I get it. Yeah. You can also get a full ounce for 80 bucks. Exquisite extracts, four for 40 bucks. Remember to use code DNVR online or mention DNVR in store to take advantage of the advantage of these High Plains Strains holiday deals. Morgan County, Lincoln, Washington County. Keep going. Logan man. County. Well, Keep going. You know, you got to hey, get all of them. Winter is coming, and Jackson, maybe, maybe you're a, a, a manual labor person in Colorado. Nebraska. Maybe you just are prepared to do some Kansas. winter work, like shoveling, or you got to change a tire in the cold. Everyone has a bunch of gloves, but you ever get to the point where you're like, man, I need a very, sp I don't need this glove. It's going to get soaking wet. It's not going to get the job done. I need, I need a job glove. I need a glove to help me work. That's where Hestra comes in. They're a glove company. They only make gloves, and they've done so for over 85 years. So as far as the glove thing goes, it's a reliable source. Don't trash your good ski gloves, shoveling, doing outdoor cold labor, or changing flat tires, and definitely don't settle for the wrong kind of glove. Get your hands all wet and cold. When you can get Hestra job gloves, visit www.hestrajob.us and use code DNVRJOB to get 30% off your next purchase. And anyone looking to supply their team with high quality work gloves at a bulk rate, just email Josh Jacobson at josh at hestrausa.com. All righty, and we are back. Um, the in-season tournament. Wind, I'm going to rely on you a lot for this one. So if we look at the stand, I mean, it just seems like you'd be the guy to know. So if we look at the standings here. <laughs> All right, let me open up Google Chrome. Yeah, open up Google Chrome here. The Nuggets fall to 2-1 and one in tournament play. The Pelicans rise to 2-1 and one in, Pelican, uh, in, in pool play. The Mavericks and Clippers both have two losses. I think there's probably a convoluted way where all five teams could fall into a two-way tie, but short of that very unlikely scenario, Mavs and Clippers eliminated. Rockets are 1-0. They play tonight, and they play against the Clippers. So 
We have to root for the Clippers right now? Can't do that. Tough, well, Dev thinks Dev's buying their stock, so maybe we should feel are good they, about Are they beating Houston tonight? Yes, they are. First so win in the Harden era? So we're good. We're good at, on that side. So if that is the case, if Houston loses tonight, they will be 1-1, one one, while the Nuggets and Pelicans are 2-1. and one, So everybody will have one loss, and it likely will come down to the final night of the tournament. Both the Pelicans and Nuggets just one game left. Pelicans play at L.A. Clippers. Nuggets play at Houston. Tough environment at so, the Clippers. <laughs> that raucous Clippers crowd. <laughs> Wind uh, undeterred by this Pelicans loss. <laughs> Very P- Pushing through. Um, so Denver, let's assume they can win. They, they beat Houston and go to 3-1. and one. Do they need the Pelicans to lose? Is it one of those things where Denver's going to be looking up and it's like, all right, Pelicans are a plus... What are they like 20, 20 something right now? Yeah. Do you know pool play? Eight, plus eighteen, and then plus tonight five points. Plus, so they're gonna be a plus twenty three tonight. So Denver might look at that and say, okay, if they win their game, let's say they win it by five, they're gonna be a plus twenty eight. Do they need to beat Houston by enough to make themselves a plus whatever forty? They will because there's one wild card available in uh, each conference, and it goes to the team that finishes second in its group. And the tiebreakers are, um, I just had it right here. Well, it's point differential first. Yeah. Did you lose it? I did lose it. This tournament so, uh, so confused. This part of the tournament, very confusing. <laughs> yeah, this is like walking through Ikea. A big part of while Wind is looking at that, a big part of the wild card picture right now is already happening with Utah Jazz playing Phoenix Suns. Utah are 2-0, plus 22. And coming into the night, had the wild card spot. So They're going to fall for sure. You want Utah to lose to Phoenix tonight. Dang it. This is what is what, what, what is going on here? This tournament's making us root for the Clippers and Suns. You also you want the Clippers to blow them out too, right? Like, you have, yeah, I guess you're right. You need so to really the tiebreakers in group play are head to head record in the group stage, then point differential. Word. Okay. So head to head is first. So Pelicans would have an edge over Denver. So we just need the Pelicans to lose two games or just or one more game we yeah. need them to lose one more game and that's to the Clippers and then the Nuggets to take care of business and the Nuggets to take care of business yeah. man so that's really the only way that Denver can advance now out of their hands and into New Orleans' hands man. but they could be the wild card because then it'll come down to just point differential and as you I re- can't imagine they have it in point differential why not because they're well they lost by five yeah they're plus nine they're in range they're, but, they're no, no, the but, here, but here's the thing yeah. if the Pelicans win they'll win group B Group C right now, the only two teams that can win it are Sacramento and the Timberwolves. They're at plus 16 and plus 10, respectively. Okay. So Denver can win their group by with a bigger differential than those two will. And then you go to the other side, the Lakers and Utah. Utah's likely going to get beat to sleep. They still have Phoenix and L.A. They're probably going to lose both of those. Yeah. So Denver actually can win the wild card in this one. They're going to have to not only beat Houston, they're going to have to blow the doors off of Houston in Houston. Mm-hmm. Which kind of is exciting. I'm curious to see how they how do you approach, approach that? that game. Zeke Naji not in the rotation. Dude, you're going to be at Do you the, go to a playoff rotation for that? The end There's of no way, a right? A five-game road trip, you're at the end of it. No. You're going to have to be like... So oh. we, we did a roundtable that came out this morning, and we predicted what the Nuggets would go on this road trip. I said four and one. And oh, the one scene. loss I had was in Houston, the last game oh. of the road trip. You know, last game of the road yeah. trip, it's the toughest one. Yeah. Especially a five-gamer, so it's going to be tough. So you have, coming up on this road trip now, you get a day off, and then you play at Cleveland, at Detroit on a back-to-back. That's tough. Then you're at Orlando and at Houston. I do wonder if Denver looks at their schedule and says, if they have a chance to advance to this tournament, if they punt on, if there's a game they punt, it's the Orlando game? It's not happening. No? I don't think this is how they approach it. No. All right. I don't think so. Also, man, the Nuggets can't really blow out teams without Jamal Murray. They yeah. can't. That's a good point, man. They can't. All these games that they've won without Jamal have been close games. All right. It's It, it would be really tough. I, I know we want the in-season tournament. I know we want, we want, we want the, the cup. NBA Cup. We want we the want Cup. The we cup. want I the want Cup. cup so I bad. don't know. If approaching that Rockets game like it's do or die 
would be the smartest thing. I just think you try to win the game, and then you hope to get some luck from the Pelicans losing. And you don't worry about the differential. No, you, you just, just kind of let the chips... And if it's the fourth quarter and you're up 15 with three minutes to go, then you, you leave push. them in. Yeah, yeah. then you push. That's the extent of which yeah. you focus on the differential. But I don't think you're like, seven guys tonight. Yeah, second quarter. You just got to get back in there. I hope you're ready for 43, you know. But um, to, your, to that point, though, here's the thing I will say. These in-season tournament games have been intense. Yeah. And yes. I do think that there's a rhythm to the season, as much as we complain about it, and I get it, that these regular season games don't mean that much, and sometimes guys don't play that hard or whatever. I do look at this and I go, Nuggets are playing really hard right now. And I do wonder if this is going to be a thing where some team is going to press too hard and hit a wall late January because you're not used to playing that hard in November and December. It's like a different version of the Warriors going for 73 wins. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like a way worse version of that probably. Yeah. Yeah, but that's also why you need your bench to play so, like yeah. so well. Like You need them to play well because... You don't want your guys burned out. You don't want your guys going through the the fatigue of already a long season that they're going to go through that, and then you add more to it. Then you have guys go down, like having a Jamal go down. So that already cuts into that. Um, so you need your bench to find a rhythm or to get it together enough that you don't press the entire time. And we saw that early that we were like, okay, that buys a lot of time. Reggie Jackson playing great buys time for Jamal. Or, you know, you know, break window in case of emergency type of situations like we're seeing now. Um, but other people have to step up in that regard. Um, if we go back to the game now, Jokic 26, 16, and 18. LOL. Was it nobody had ever had those numbers before? Or like 26 points with that many assists and rebounds. <laughs> yeah. There was a chance that Jokic could have gone for a 30-20, the world's first ever 30-20-20 game. His numbers are insane right now. And he shot one. He only missed one shot inside the three-point line. I'm finding. Nope, he missed uh, three shots inside the three-point line tonight. He went ten of twenty, but one of eight from three. What do you think about the number of threes he's taking? Because I'm not the biggest fan, to be honest. I'm not either. And I, it feels weird to open with a criticism because I, I just want to like. I know we're. we're I so want to recognize that he just did that. Yeah. Um, and he, by the way, officially official. This is his best matchup in the league. The you Pelicans. Think? I mean, he's. I, th I think like four of his like eight best regular season games. I don't know, man. So I've got that Wizards game circled well, on my calendar. They're not for, a real team. Uh, February. So. But uh, do you get what I mean? Like, I can't as far wait as teams for that they one. play, like, Jokic just consistently kills these guys. But um, to the actual specific criticism, it does seem like he really, really wants those to fall. They do seem like maybe a symptom of being a bit tired without Jamal out, maybe. Um, but it does feel like they're forcing them, and I don't love them either. What about this? What about this theory? Yoke always waits to the postseason, ramps up his three-point shot. I do wonder if the trips to the finals this last year made him think that it's more of a weapon. He needs to have that in his arsenal more. And, and specifically, if he, the series that I would say he most needs his three-pointer for is Minnesota. And I just wonder if he does these types of things where he sits there and goes, what are we going to have to do if we face this team, this team, this team, this team, and this someone? And I wonder if he just does it and goes, I'm going to need to make threes. What did he do against the Lakers? Drained a bunch of threes. I mean, I think it's part of it. And I also think part of it is, like, if he hits enough of those, eventually it's a sign of the defense that, like, hey, man, if your pops, like, you got to get out there. And yeah. that is maybe an effort also to try to change the spacing a bit without Jamal of just, like, I got to at least convince them I'm willing to take this shot. But right now it feels a bit in the force territory. It's, I mean, I'm not going to nitpick what Jokic is doing too much right now, but I don't like the threes. Dude, he was so incredible um, today that it it frustrates you to see him settle for those type of shots. And maybe that is the like long game of like opening things up later on down the season. But also you have to realize they don't have Jamal, so you have to get back to like your bread and butter. And teams are going to play you differently with that. And you know, maybe he's playing a long game of like this creates space and, and things like that. But why not just punish every single time? Because looking at this game and just games in general, Aaron Gordon, he's taking these horrible shots and you're frustrated because you're like, that's not, you know, that's not what's doing best. Jokic, he's been inefficient because he's going to something that's not been efficient um, throughout his career, but especially this year. And he punishes every single time that he goes inside that you're like, why even do that? Especially when you're down or especially when um, things get tough, why not go get an easy basket? That's not to take away what he did today, but 
why not go for 50 in this game? Why not go for 60? And he can because he's just that good. And the threes are just it's bailing the other team out. That's yeah. what they want you to do. Yeah. I mean, he was incredible tonight. He is taking way more threes, though, than in years past. He's averaging almost five three-point attempts per game. That was before he launched eight of them tonight. That's twice as many as last year. He averaged a little over two threes per game last year. So he's taken twice as many this year. And my theory is that, remember in the preseason when he was just shooting a ton? He was shooting like, you know, way more than he usually does in the preseason. And I asked David Adelman about it. And he said, yeah, I think he's just trying to, you know, find his shot again because he didn't play any basketball over the summer. <laughs> in years past, he played with Serbia. He probably what is what played happened. in international competitions. In the preseason, David Adelman said he was, you know, just trying to get comfortable with the shot again, just firing it up. Yeah, haven't touched it. Is it yeah. like this? Is it like you know, how do you know I like shoot when you again? go like, a while without touching a basketball, you just need to like get, just gotta do it. Yeah, you just gotta get some shots up. I love it. He could do this in practice, you know. He could. <laughs> practice shots are not game shots, though. It's true. I think that's part of it. I think he might just be looking to get up some shots early in the season. I honestly, here's the thing. You want to know something funny? Coming into tonight, Yoke had hit career high box plus minus. You know, like, and some of this is that these metrics like volume scoring in particular, but I, I don't know. Part of me just goes, I don't love it or hate it right now. I actually don't. Um, I don't mind because I actually think him taking and making more threes is one of the few ways he could become a better player sure. than he already is. Sure, definitely. And right now he's taking and not making them. But, you know, maybe that's step one. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's just like laying the foundation. Now, if he does this all year and is not making them like I will look at that and say whatever but right now you're down Murray yeah he's dragging them right. they've lost three times like sometimes I have I have this theory where Yoke knows and sometimes I don't see it and I'll just let it play out they're nine and three I, I mean he's out. also like doing everything else he's playing his ass off he's in he's yeah. the best player in the league by a lot so if he wants to experiment a little bit with his shot yeah. it's fine but it, it did just feel Maybe more so in the past, there have been two to three moments in like the last handful of games where I've been like, man, that one, huh? You're settling for that one? Right. But he doesn't need my help. But there. also to stick on him in this game, he he controlled the game in, with his mind in ways that it was like back to like the old. It was 18 incredible. 18 assists in one game is just. It's insane. Is that a career high? Ties his career, career high. And and they they showed it like he was the first um, court like player ever to do like those numbers 26, 18, 16. That you just don't see that, and that's you know a game that he was just like okay, I, I'm gonna just control it in different ways. There he had his moments that he was like I'm gonna score every single time, I'm gonna grab every single rebound, then I'm gonna go to just uh, making sure that everyone else is involved. And this is a game that people didn't play particularly like well like. Other guys did not score so much, but he was just like, I'm going to make sure that everyone gets involved. That's that's real control. Well, Dev, that's the most incredible part about his 18 assists. The Nuggets shot 10 of 40 from three. <laughs> <laughs> Think of how many assists were left on the board there. I mean, all of his 18 might have been split up evenly between Christian Brown and Aaron Gordon, just dumping it off to them right at the rim. Yep. I mean, how easy did he make that look? Most of Christian Brown's buckets... Most of Aaron Gordon's buckets came point-blank range right at the rim. You just put it in I mean, because Nicole Jokic totally dissected the defense. Handing it to them. Yeah. Handing it to them. So I agree. Yeah. Um, 37 assists for the Nuggets is really good, especially with Jamal Murray out. Um, shoot the three a little bit better, man, and this game, uh, this game goes in their favor. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we got to get to the bench. We got to talk about some of these bench problems. Do we have to? We do, and we're going to have to talk about Pickett as well. Hey guys, make sure to check out Primo on the picket line. Hoagies. Primo Hoagies, man, I could go for a Primo Hoagie right now. They have endless amounts of options on their menu. Seriously, you could order a different Primo Hoagie forever and you'd never run out of options. I've had the classic Italian there before. It's great. Um, the cheesesteak is great. I've heard tons and tons of great options. If you're looking to cater for a big party, Maybe you're having a bunch of people over to over to watch the Broncos game next weekend. Check out Primo Hoagies for your catering 
needs. Uh, check out a catering tray from Primo Hoagies. No matter what you have planned, there's no bigger crowd pleaser than Primo Hoagies made with only the highest quality Thuman's meats and cheeses sliced fresh to order and served on Primo's award-winning seeded rolls baked fresh every day. Uh, they got locations in Denver and Centennial. You can order your party trays in advance online, primohoagies.com. Use the code DNVR for $2 off a Primo-sized hoagie when ordering online. DNVR, $2 off a Primo-sized hoagie when ordering online. It's not just a hoagie, it's a Primo. Man, maybe you want a sandwich, but you're looking for a low-carb option. Maybe you thought your bread days were behind you. Not so. Stay in the sandwich game. Stay in the bread game with Hero Bread. A low-carb option to fit your lifestyle or dietary constraints. Founder Cold Glass baked 100 muffins per day. That's a lot of muffins before he found the perfect blend that fit uh, his allergy constraints. And that's what pushed him to start Hero Bread. So if this is appealing to you, if you're relating to any of this, just know that right now Hero Bread is offering the DNVR family 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co, like Colorado, and use our code Denver, I'm sorry, DNVR. Use our code DNVR to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. So we talked about Christian Brown. He had a, a very nice game, and he's starting to round into form, looking like the player we kind of hoped he would be this year, the step he would take. Um, Zeke Naji, another guy, though, gets a big payday coming into the year, hopefully a little confidence boost has had some moments, you know, throughout the year in terms of hustle, this or that. But Zeke is tough because his skill level is just so low. <laughs> you know, like his touch around the basket or just his hands on catching things. His ability to read the court has been really rough. And tonight, one of the roughers of all of them. I mean, first of all, given his body type and his defensive skill set, he can move his feet. Zion's the kind of guy that he needs to be make an impact against. Not, nobody's going to expect Zeke Naji to stop Zion Williamson. I'm not saying stop him. But you hope that it's like, all right, that's an option. You just have another body to throw at him. That was not an option tonight. He didn't do anything. I didn't think he did anything well on the defensive end or offensive end. And I'm just four minutes. Pickett got more. Watson got more. Strother got more. And that wasn't a coincidence. I think that was Michael Malone wanting to win a game and going to the guys he trusts. And tonight, at least, Zeke finished last on the trust scale. I just can't believe how loud his four minutes was. I know. I would have guessed it was ten. That's how loud honestly, they were. like because you, you could look at it and say, hey, um, you know, you're talking about a guy that only played four minutes. The minutes were so loud that it felt like that that really just lost the game. And it's not to put it all on him, but it was like when he was out there, nothing good came of it. He didn't even do anything while he was out there. Not a rebound, not an assist. Not The cardio boys were in full effect in this game. Two um, turnovers, two fouls, man. And, and it, it was just, it was nothing but bad. But also, you just, you want those good games because you just need a few minutes. You're not getting anything right now for him. Um, and, and again, you talk about like a Zion or just slowing things down. That's what his, you know, his bread and butter is supposed to be. That's supposed to be his strength. And he didn't even do that. So it's like, okay, do you know, do you go to another option? Do you give someone else a chance? Because you can't just put it on Aaron Gordon to play extra minutes. But there's um, not a body, though. That's the thing about this year. Who is it? Who would that be? To, to do what he did, it could be anybody. <laughs> it really can be. You have DeAndre Jordan, employ him. Like, put, put him out there for a few minutes um, just to give it a try. There has to be something else. You gave up, not gave up, but you, you tried something else with the Colin Gillespie. Why not do it with Zeke Najee or just someone else? Yeah, I also just right now, it's like, it's hard to even picture what Zeke would contribute offensively. And, I mean, defensively, like, Zion's a tough matchup, whatever. It's He wasn't great at all or good at all or anything, but that's right. that's whatever. You can live with that. It's just... When the, on the nights where his defense isn't a plus, it's what is he providing? And in the games when Jamal hasn't been there, it's been next to nothing. And it's it's tough. I mean, they, like right now they're just asking him to roll, and it's like it's a it's all it's just going through the motions, right? Yeah, it doesn't really open up anything. Uh, um, and then there's just like weird choices. Like he had that one fast break pass across the court tonight that it worked My out, God. but it's like. What are you seeing? That From the grace you... of God, yeah. Yeah, so there's just, I don't Passed know. Passed it through all 10 players on the court somehow to the opposite corner. I, I'll say that, Harrison, I'm curious about this one. He's not shooting threes. Maybe it's because he can't. I don't know. But 
rolling to the right. I just wonder if Denver needs to kind of rethink what his role is in their offense. Is it better just to have him at least back, picking and popping two, three times a game, than it is to have him rolling when he gets zero rebounds, zero points? Well, I don't even know how much he was rolling tonight because that's also been something that's been happening with the bench, I feel like, since Jamal Murray's been hurt. You just have less pick and roll with that group. You have less actual offense going on, and you've had a lot of chaos with the second unit, whether it's been Colin Gillespie or Jalen Pickett at backup point guard. Uh, With Jamal Murray and maybe Reggie Jackson with that group staggering, like you get a lot of pick and roll play. You have a much more clear lane for Zeke to fill. You just get him in that action more. But yeah, without those, without Jamal, like without a lot of pick and roll, yeah, sure, have him pop more. Definitely. Um, the other guy, obviously, to talk about tonight was Pickett. He goes for 10 minutes and gets a similar stat line. Zero points, one rebound, one assist, one turnover. Dev loved the turnover. He though. was a plus nine, <laughs> largely because, like Colin before him, he stood next to Jokic on the court for a while. Like, while Jokic... He completed Jokic several passes to Nikola Jokic. Honestly, not enough. <laughs> the one thing I'll give Colin credit for in the two yes. matchup is Colin... When yep. he's out there, is like, yoke, yoke, yoke. And I honestly think Pickett had a high profile. Like, Pickett also did that tonight. But he did have one high profile play where he didn't do that, where it was like it was infuriating. Um, but at the same time, man, here's my read on, on, on Pickett, being the Pickett guy. He seems to me to be a guy that's like, I got to play my game. I got to play my game. Where do I fit in? And tonight was the one I'm calling for him to be more aggressive. Be more aggressive. Tonight was the one time I was like, not now. You <laughs> take over. Like, you need him to be more aggressive, but to also understand the situation, which is they're down 16. Jokic has that look in his eye. And he's taking over. And you need to literally just get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think Pickett's in a, a tough spot right now because – I'm sure mentally he was like, I'm going to be with this second unit. They're going to rely on me to run this unit. But he's been playing with Jokic. He's been playing a lot with the starters where it's like, hey, you need to be you. But then also there's those times like today that you're like, if you're playing with Jokic, you don't need to be you. You need to be exactly you, – you need to just find him, move out of the way, knock down shots. Um, while he only had – I feel like he just misses a lot of the plays that he's supposed to. Like he – you just talked about missing um, Jokic on that or setting up, you know, the play with if you're going to miss Jokic, at least have it to set up another guy. And maybe he's just playing Tibbet because he needs to figure out um, what it is he does at that time. And he's he's a rookie. He's it's early. He's, you know, hasn't played much, but also that's going to come with time. So this wasn't bad picket minutes like you like what you're seeing out there. Um, there's promising, but it's also not good because you still need to figure out how to get that second unit going and he's the guard get him going yeah one thing i like that colin gillespie did on offense he played with some aggression like he played aggressively he pushed the issue um he like looked to attack i i'm i need to see more of that from pickett i need to see him play more aggressively i i agree with like most of your points around pickett he's been a little too cautious so far and um i just feel like he's got to play with some more confidence and more just direction i think part of it is just he's used to being the guy that takes his time with the ball in his hands to make decisions and it's not necessarily his role with denver especially when on the floor with the Jokic. so it's it's kind of like overthinking but it's it's almost it's just more of like with with this team in certain moments just being decisive and quick with it almost matters more like it's not necessarily your turn to decipher having said that that he can do that is a big part of what makes him possibly an nba player so this was just not a good night yeah. i mean well, that's- I th- well here's the thing man malone has been talking about reggie and how reggie right now has two jobs play with the starters play with the bench and they're completely different completely things different. and that's part of what reggie's been doing well you know you talk about a rookie point guard two rookie point guards and Colin and pickett what a tough task to not only say go out there and figure it out but figure out two different things that are like complete opposites and tonight if there was a picket criticism to me tonight it's that he mixed those up like he started to go too hard at the moment when it was like no now you're playing the Jokic ball um that being said look i mean plus nine and ten minutes 
again, not crediting him for it, but that wasn't where they lost. It was the other minutes right, where they right, got lost. Right. Um, and one guy tonight that I thought actually kind of had a rough game, at least the first half, was Peyton Watson. Now, Watson did make some big-time plays, you know, help side, I, his scramble. I still love the way he can make plays out of nothing on defense. Um, but the first stint was a little bit rough. Yeah. The, the, the good thing, though, is that this was like a – wow. Yo, I got to be honest, man. We had Nuggets fans in the house, and we had Buffs fans in the house. Buffs fans, they're getting their ass kicked right now, but you wouldn't hear it from the way they're cheering, man. They're going nuts. <laughs> hey, one score they're, game, baby. They're ready. Yeah, they're ready for these moments. Who are we talking about? Peyton Watson. <laughs> he, this was a game that Malone showed that he trusted him because he had a bad first stint. Went out there for, like, two plays. He came over, had a conversation with him, put him right back out there. Like, that's trusting in your young guy. That also gives some confidence in your young guy that you're like, hey, I know you're making mistakes. Calm down. Um, and then you get yourself to get. If they win this game, Malone would have went to, like, I just I hugged him. He would have <laughs> went, went to that quote in that game because he yeah. really did have him calm down and, yeah. and, and get there. Um, and then you saw Peyton start to have those, you know, type of plays. He is a player that I do feel also misses the moments. You know, like, there was, like, a run that they went on with him out there, which was great, but he's, like, going into, like, the charges. He doesn't kick it to the corner for the open man that's right there. He forces things because he just wants plays to happen um, every single time. Um, So you get to see those ups and downs with Peyton. Um, but also, at least you see that the motor, you see that, like, there are things that he can build on. Yeah, it seems like with everybody on the second unit right now, they're either too tentative or they're too aggressive. They're either scared to make something happen or just way too aggressive and looking to create and score. And again, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I do think everything goes back to Jamal Murray not being out there. And no doubt. The fact that everybody slots into their roles very well, I think, when Jamal Murray is out there. And without him, it's just chaos. And nobody really knows what they're doing. There was that play night when uh, Peyton Watson was on a fast break, and he had literally everybody on the Nuggets that was on the court open that he could pass the ball to. Julian Strother was open. Nikola Jokic was open. Everybody on the court was open. And he went and tried to finish at the basket. I think he ended up committing a charge. Yeah. But it just plays like that where everybody's either looking to be too aggressive or they're too passive. I think I'm, I'm just fascinated that Malone gave him those fourth quarter minutes. I mean, yeah. he was legitimately woeful in the first half. And not it's not like all on him or whatever. He just... You didn't see anything that was like, oh, he's got to be out there tonight. And Malone gave him those fourth quarter minutes, and I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. He got a little bit something going. Ultimately, he was not very good tonight. He did take that one. I, I thought in the second half, though, like, you know, I mean, he played half, yeah, yeah, played yeah, he played hard. And that's what they needed at no, that I, moment. I, was just, yeah. I mean, I'm not like. I'm just seeing if everybody agrees, honestly. I'm not you're, debating no, no, you. That's, you're right. I mean, I just think it was really interesting confidence play by Malone or potential confidence play to put him in that moment. He took that one three from the corner and he missed it. And it was a big shot. I actually love that he took it. He was wide open. He was in the corner. Like, if Peyton hits that one, it's huge for momentum for the game, but also for Peyton. Um, Airballing a free throw is a little scary, man. It's very scary. O- only because, like, you you either have it in you to airball a free throw. Or not. I don't think I've ever airballed a free throw, honestly. I'm not a well, great he, shooter. Dude, he airballed it right, too. It's not that he I'm was just, sh- I don't know if I've ever airballed. But I've seen guys miss short. You know what I mean? But I've never seen someone airball to the yeah, right. That was rough. Free throw. But here's the thing. But then he drained the second one. Because I think well, I've airballed through free But here's before. the thing. Like, Malone has talked about how this year there's going to be a little bit of, like, two challenges as the coaching staff. And one of them is making sure they get those guys those minutes so that they can grow, so that they can be a little more comfortable. Now, this was a tournament game. I didn't necessarily need to see Peyton. But maybe that's the kind of stuff that goes a long way to him looking less shell-shocked and like a deer in the headlights mm-hmm. two months from now. Yeah. This is just interesting that Malone put him in. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's hit a break on the other side. We'll get to some Super Chats, but we actually have to wrap up. Uh, see if there's anything else to talk about this game before we wrap up and then hit some Super Chats. Guys, DraftKings Sportsbook has tons of great bets to get on now that it's NBA season. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, no matter how the action unfolds. You know, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks 
on basketball. Win or lose, you get an instant dub. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. New customers get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Text HOPE-NY to 467369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 plus or older. In most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash basketball terms. Fresh off the ugliest win in football history, suddenly the Denver Broncos season has a little life in it. And you know what always has life? You know what's always available? and is not contingent upon the Broncos' success. The Broncos' country from Breckenridge Brewery. It's only $6 at the DNVR bar. There's a new recipe. It's delicious. And what I love about Breck Brew is they've got a beer for any occasion. Do you have to have a beer with every occasion? No. But with Breck Brew, you could. There's the Avalanche Amber Ale, the uh, Broncos' country, the Mile High City Nuggets beer, the Broncos' country pale ale, the Fun Slinger, good company, hard seltzer. So much good stuff to try at Breckenridge Brewery. And we made it really easy for you to try it. You can either come to the DNVR bar because we got all the good stuff or just check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. All right. We haven't talked about Reggie Jackson very much, who was, I thought, very good in this game. And we haven't talked about Michael Porter, who goes 8 of 14 tonight. Really good driving to the basket game. He grabbed 11 rebounds. He continues to be Michael Porter Jr., he was a game-worst or almost game-worst minus 15, and he was 2 of 6 from 3. Kind of a mixed bag statistically. I'll let you start on this one. Yeah, I guess he did get those bench minutes. I wonder if that how big of a part I that mean, is in the minus 15 there. I uh, mean, of course. So that just get just get into that part. But I, to me right now with Mike, it's really actually just about the 3. I like most of what he's doing. It's so true. Man. I really like most of what he's doing. Cutting to the rim, he's been great. Rebounding, he's been great. Defensively, he's been passable with the important exception of the Houston game, if not good. I think Mike's floor is pretty high right now. The surprising true. and... and I would say hilarious if it wasn't at the moment. Sad thing is just we're waiting on the three-point shot. I really, really, really wish they had given him a couple of shots in the final four minutes. Not just given it to him. I mean, he was open. And I wish Peyton had made that pass. I wish AG had waited and made that pass. I had a good feeling about those shots from Mike. But the reality is when he used to be automatic, he hasn't been right now. And it's the biggest It's the biggest way that he... Like, his floor has been pretty good without Jamal. But the biggest way he can help them right now is those extra three-pointers. You know, getting to 25 points instead of 18, just from the open looks you already have. He's capable of this. I think he's playing pretty well outside of it. But they do need it to start happening soon. This was a game that... Uh... He, he punished himself in. If he's himself in knocking down every three, the ball would have found him on a lot of those plays where, you know, he's going to just be able to be there and just shoot it. Because those are open looks that guys, this is like, I'm going to shoot it because he's not making a shot. I feel like he started to get hot in this game and then the ball just did not find him anymore. Yeah. But the, the good thing is he is finding other ways to affect the game. He had 18 in a game that he didn't shoot, like, really well. Um, he's grabbing boards and um, just trying to get himself going um, in that regard on yeah. those boards. And then also he's, like, trying to make plays on defense. So he's still staying active um, and things like that. Once the shot starts falling, he's going to be, like, going crazy again. It's going to be a lot of yeah, Mike moments. And this is one that I just feel like it got away from him just a little bit. But, again, if they find him for those shots, who knows what happens in this game. Yeah, I feel like we're so close to Mike finding his three-point shot I again. Know. So close. It really just feels like it could happen any night out there. Could have happened tonight. It could happen two nights from now. Uh, but I did like his other activity. I, I liked how he got on the glass. I liked how he attacked the rim. Really just mostly a continuation of how he's played all season. Yeah. Nuggets are 2-3 and three now on the road and four more road games here. So losing record on the road. You know, undefeated at home, losing record on the road. That's where you're at right now. Uh, Kale, we got any Super Chats? Oh, some real sickos. James Pasich. James Pasich. 
Shout out to friend of DNVR, Vlaco Chanchar Radio debut tonight. Great job, and I hope he is back. Shout out. I wonder didn't, if he's just the radio guy now. Didn't get to hear it, but... <laughs> Poor Vlaco. Vlaco's probably watching the bench this year and then looking down. Oh, and my like, God. Are you effing serious? Oh Vlaco, honest to God, he's the honest go a long way right now. sneaky important, man. <laughs> I have confidence in Vlaco Chanchar. Well, he, he's your stuff. closest thing to Jeff Green. Kind of is, man. He's kind of the body they're missing right I now. can't believe what a big I deal. Like, is there any chance he comes back? Oh, I can't even think about it. I right don't now. think so. I don't think so either. Sam, last several games, I feel like starters, especially Yoke, take first quarter off, then have to kill themselves in the second half. Energy management is weird. Yeah, I mean, look, I just, I just can't criticize Yoke, man. I just can't do it. Yeah. Just because it's regular season November, and he's like, do having to be Hercules. I do feel like the Nuggets used to dominate first quarters a little more than yeah. they do now. But, I mean, but again, it, since Jamal Murray's been out, it's just been different. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Nadine Marcus, the rest were incredibly biased against the Nuggets today. This is something we didn't hit on, and I don't think it was really about the refs, but the Nuggets' inability to get to the free throw line killed them again tonight. They took how many free throws tonight? 12? 13? 14? It wasn't more than that. They're shooting the fourth fewest free throws in the league per game so far this season, and on nights like tonight when you take 43s and you only hit 10, if you can't get to the line, you're not winning that game. I'll also say, like, Zion took 11 free throws, and that's Zion gets himself to the line, dude. He goes yeah. right at you, and he goes right to the rim, and, like, he forces those calls. So I didn't love a lot of them, but, I mean, that's just kind of what he does well. Zion was plus 21 tonight. He um, he crushed. It was, he did crush. AG usually has a bigger impact on him, too. He, he's going to feel like he was in a car accident tomorrow. I know, honestly. He's two hours just taking it. They were going at it the yeah, whole man. time, too. Yeah. It was, it was tough. Five, 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 five ish. I had to chime in to get my take on Adam's viral tweet. I sometimes use periods, but mostly use question marks and exclamation points when I text. Bro, Smiley face. this is insane. Today, Shit. I find out that when you're texting someone, if you put a period at the end of the sentence, People think you're being mean or angry or extra serious. Yeah. Which is insane to me. It's literally how you end a sentence. Have, I, have, have, I ever, have you ever read a text from me and been like, damn, dude, why are you so serious? No. You, you don't have to lie, Dev. No. <laughs> we don't talk about those type of things, though. So that would be kind of crazy. It usually has exclamation points. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but, but they were just saying because I... Finish a sentence and I'll put a period at the end and then send the text. So if you're, like, if you're sending a one-word response, do you put a period at the end of that? Let's check. Because that, that, that would don't be know. weird. The truth is, I don't that know. That would so be weird. Me, all right, well, I just had a... Let's see. We're really watching Adam realize... Yeah, uh, I, my last text, you single word, yeah, period. I was just okay, about to say Okay, that's a little that. weird. That's, that's a little weird? weird? He, here's a single happening. word and a period? Adam is Why this... Is that Adam is this close to a life-changing realization that he's a little passive-aggressive in general. No, 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 he's, no, no, he's this no, close. no, 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 This is because I said, dude, this is what I'm telling you guys. A sentence ends with a period. It's one word, though. I'm actually kind of with that. It doesn't matter how many words are in a sentence. But the sentence ends with a period. But who puts a period after one word? I'm telling you, Harrison, Harrison, I'm telling you, as crazy as this is to you, it's the same crazy to me. It doesn't make sense that it doesn't matter if it's a hundred words, one word, four words. No, it doesn't it, matter. I think it does. A period ends the sentence. You but, know it's done. But also, could you just I mean, tell them the other part? You know it's done because you sent the text message. <laughs> could you tell them the other part of this? Like, how did it go viral? What do you mean? What was the viral part about it? I tweeted it out today because I was asking. I was like, is there, was today? Ex, there was an extra part. Who was the viral part is everybody yeah. disagreed with no, you. No, 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 no. That's not true. No, there's another okay, viral sorry, part. Sorry, sorry. 99% of people no, disagree with you. I would you. disagree with that. I would, say, I would say it was way more split. And honestly, it's more split generationally. Jeff's trying to get you to acknowledge that Daryl Morey tried Yeah, there was a response. <laughs> there was a response. You're right. That, I, dude, the day was so weird that I didn't even remember that Daryl Morey somehow like had a strong opinion on that one. in the chat to tell me what he thinks. <laughs> it was a what a bizarre day. I'm not kidding when I say this is the most mind blowing. And then I talked to Spencer, our events coordinator, and he tells me he's like, "Yeah, dude, I've always thought you were an asshole on tech." And I was like, "For what?" He's like, "You just put the period at the end." I was like, 
That's why this you think is I'm a jerk. Part. This is <laughs> That's why you think I'm a jerk because I put a period at the end of my sentences. Pull the next super chat. <laughs> I'm telling you, this doesn't make sense. I feel like the world is wrong. This is the ultimate where I'm like, it's not me. It's everyone else on earth. Oh my god. Just period. Justin Soltis. Positives to take away. Brown went hard. Reggie's still impressing. Tweak the bench. Dev, take that shirt off. What's wrong with the shirt? See, the fact the that he used periods over there put off a certain tone. No, it, was a bit, the super it was a bit It was the asshole aggressive. comment at the end. <laughs> <laughs> this is a polo. Yeah, what was wrong with the shirt? <laughs> okay. It's just Jordan 42069. Oh, nice. Yeah. You're nice. putting up these crazy numbers now. How good will he be after Yokemas? It's a great point. <laughs> that would be incredible. That is a good point. We haven't even hit Yokemas yet. And Rados Popovich. Thoughts on <laughs> J-Hawk over Z? Yo, this is our version of the Suns doing the, like, is uh, Drew Eubanks better than Nurkic? <laughs> this yeah. is our version of that where we're like, J-Hawk? Is he? Well, he is averaging over four blocks a game in the G League this year. <laughs> Where's Dave Reed, Ukraine? What's his, the Ukrainian buyout? Is he available? Can we get him at backup five? Uh, Look, Zeke. I was going to say, like, he could be better, but I don't know. <laughs> like, I have no idea what he Zeke. He can be. We've he, seen he him play better much Jamal. better. It made sense. With Jamal, Jamal, but I, you're right. With Jamal, you're right. I, can he be better in this role? Can he be a guy that. Here's what we keep doing, like, Pickett or Gillespie, you know. Uh, what do we need from this guy? This guy. Nobody ever goes like Zeke. Can Zeke save this lineup with like rebounding and? Yeah, that's not gonna know, happen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. You're that's right. What I, that's what I'm it's saying. It's a good point. I'm kind of like, well, nothing's gonna help him. I don't know. Maybe it does, but he's in a he's in a hole. All right, cue that outro music. Let's put a period at the end of this sentence of this show, shall we? Thank God. Not in a mean way, just in a, like it's an ending, so everybody is clear <laughs> that there's it. Okay. Have you ever accidentally hit send on a message? And then, like, you're not done, and then you keep typing? Yeah, you just send another text. I know, but th but it could happen that you send it, and then it's confusing, and someone's like, what? And then, you, you know what I mean? So you, the period just is clear that the sentence has <laughs> ended. Okay. Okay. Should we go home, guys? It's a Friday night? We're going home. Hit the like button on the way out. Hey, Sunday, D-Line's back. We'll see you then. Like the mayor, 